Welcome to this episode of the Medical Affairs Professional Society podcast series, Elevate. I'm your host, Garth Sundem, Communications Director at MAPS, and today we're speaking about data-empowered conference prep with Chris Medeiros, Director of Strategic Insights at H1. This episode is sponsored by H1. So Chris, it's great to talk to you again. And conference prep, data-empowered conference prep, don't you just get as many presentations as you can and buy booth space and show up? What are you talking about here? (laughs) That's a great, great question. And, you know, I wish it were that easy, but for those of my comrades that are out there who are busy at work in this busy conference season getting ready for um, any number of different major globally and even domestic congresses, you know that it's it, there's a lot that goes into to making this happen. There are a lot of plates that are spinning in the air. Yeah. Um, and depending on the way your organization approaches uh, Congress engagement with medical experts, um, it can either be sort of a standalone, every person for themselves, not what I recommend type of approach, or mm-hmm. it could be a centrally coordinated initiative with a lot of different stakeholder inputs to kind of bring it all forward. But um, there's a lot that goes into it, and I've done a lot of this myself, um, so I can I can really speak to what has worked well in, in my past and what you know what what good looks like there. So I can't wait to get into it. There's a lot that a lot that, that newly aggregated data can do to kind of really help this effort be more efficient uh, and more strategically aligned. Okay, well let me just follow up with something that we can check off our list then. And every person for themselves approach. I don't even know what that would look like. We're not talking about like MSLs roaming through the poster sessions, right? Or, 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 so what does, it's funny, we're going to get to what good looks like. What does, what does bad look like? What do you mean by everyone for themselves approach? Yeah, no, I think that, I think, I, gosh, I hate to be negative, but to, what, what bad looks like, I think, is when there's um, there's misalignment, right? Okay. Um, and each person is sort of doing their own thing in a silo. And, and really great Congress planning and execution is, is a coordinated effort that takes into consideration the different objectives of, of stakeholders within an organization to meet with medical experts. Mm-hmm. There are probably, when you're, t- the, the bigger the KOL, the more people want a piece of their time, right? And so you can imagine and say, for example, you're heading out the door to ASCO in a few months um, and you've got major global stakeholder on your docket to meet with. There are probably more than one person from your organization that mm-hmm. wants to meet with that expert. So a kind of decentralized approach that doesn't take that into consideration can really um, it can have some negative impacts, not only for for the objectives that you want to hit, but also some of your your comrades in arm there uh, from your organization that also may want to go ahead and connect with that expert. So a 360 view is vitally important, but also importantly, um, think about it from the expert's perspective. If, if you are a major major you know expert in a particular space. No doubt, if, if your organization is reaching out to them, many, many other organizations are as well. And their time is limited at these congresses. And, and the busier the researcher, uh, the more sessions they're going to be leading, the more, um, you know, the, the more steering committees they're going to be a part of, that kind of thing. Everybody wants a piece of their time. So when, you know, companies have five and six and seven different stakeholders reaching out to the same KOL for a meeting, it yep. makes the company look disorganized. So I, I'm much uh, preferential, if you will, to to a centralized coordination uh, approach, which really involves having at least some person or a team of people really sort of um, 
lead the effort for a company to make sure that they're engaging uh, with experts with a 360 view in mind. So maybe you have like an MSL uh, point person, maybe you even have a dedicated um, stakeholder engagement person at your organization. If you do, it can really be a wonderful asset. Uh, and maybe you've got the same on, on the other side of the commercial side of the house. And those teams are talking to each other. They're kind of aligning, they're coordinating, they're working together mm -hmm. to make sure that not only are the company's business objectives met, but they're, they're really being good stewards of the relationship with the KOL. That is so important. And I will tell you, I have had so many times uh, different experts tell me that they notice, right? They really notice when a company has got their act together yeah. um, and that when they show up for a meeting, there is a point, there is a purpose. You know, remember we talked about the fact that, you know, these experts are really, really busy, right? And, and so they notice when a company has got its act together, they are polished, there are objectives. Mm -hmm. We don't sit at the table and kind of like point our fingers at each other and say, you know, do you have this meeting or do I? Uh, or what are we talking about? I mean, if everybody walks into that engagement, knowing what it is they're planning on talking about, maybe the project they're planning on working on next or the topic of discussion. And even better, if somebody has taken the time to ask that expert what their objectives are, oh gosh, you end up having a, a really productive meeting that does not feel transactional. It does not feel like a one-off. And most importantly, it doesn't feel like a waste of time for your organization or for that customer. And they're probably going to want to work with you again. Okay, so we're already moving into what good looks like, good, which which is good, and it sounds like identifying who is point for engaging which stakeholders and putting a purpose on those engagements would be two important pieces of planning for conference success. 100%. What other big buckets of planning would you talk about in the lead up to to a conference? That's a really great point. So like if I have to think about the if I had to think about this and I did before getting together today, there are three areas uh, that I think are most vital and I'll get into planning here in a second. Planning is one of them. Cool. One is alignment to strategic objectives. We can talk about that more. Planning yeah. for certain uh, and then taking action. So let's dig into the planning piece because yeah. um, and we're talking today about how to use data to help us plan. Um, and so, you know, after we've aligned to strategic objectives, we know what our marching orders are for the year. Uh, yep. We know what our company's theme is for that particular Congress. Oftentimes, every company, every pharmaceutical company out there has a theme, you know, sort of that they are looking to address, right? Or maybe they're, maybe they're uh, talking very specifically about a therapeutic area or about emerging science that is really relevant to their pipeline or their development objectives. So the theme for that meeting is going to be aligned around making sure we have conversations that support uh, that. So we, we've got alignment there. We know where what we're wanting to meet with people about. Then it comes to the, the place where we start that planning. Right. And, okay. um, you know, once you've identified the archetypes or the profiles of the types of HTPs that you want to connect with, it's when you start assembling a list of those people who match that criteria. Right. And I kind of call it a nominations list. So okay. having some sort of a Congress, this usually evolves into a Congress tracker. And I always recommend having some kind of really tightly organized <laughs> Congress tracker so you can keep track of all those spinning plates. But if you're starting from scratch, for example, so say you need to find people to meet with because you are responsible for leading this charge, mm -hmm. um, who would be great phase three trialists. Um, they have expertise in a particular disease area. They have a certain percentage of patients with a particular diversity trait. And 
these HCPs don't currently have a trial that is open in the area that your company is looking to pursue, which is really important, right? You want people to have the patients that they can potentially pull in. Um, consulting a tool like the H1 database can be a real game changer. Uh, mm -hmm. But whatever tool that you you use to kind of go ahead and do that searching to find people to nominate, the, uh, Congress is a fabulous place when everybody is all in one place to start connecting with some of those people and make introductions if they haven't already had them to your medical team, to your ClinDev team. Um, and you want to target those, um, those efforts appropriately. And you begin your outreach and then you track your progress like it's your job. <laughs> Right. Um, so, you know, Congress planning, as we've mentioned, has a lot of different um, elements that are kind of all happening in tandem to pull them off successfully. Um, so um, it's really critical to, to keep organized um, from, from who's joining those meetings from your organization to those objectives that we talked about, where the meeting site is, what the venue looks like. Um, so the planning piece, I think you can't spend enough time on this. I think that it's really vital uh, to to make sure you put you put that that legwork in. And it's interesting. I just wanted to reconnect with um, finding the right people based on your purpose. You know, you bring up a phase three trialist and I can imagine that, you know, the the why of doing what you're doing at a conference is is as you know, it then drives the what. Right. Exactly. So. So your strategic priorities, okay, we're gonna we're gonna be going into this phase three. We need people to be running the phase three trialists. That's mm -hmm. what we can get from this conference. What are other things that you could get from a conference? I mean, what people who would drive public awareness, you know, people who would what what are some other things that people should get from these conferences, strategic priorities? Yeah, no, that's a really that's a really good question. And I think that, you know, your your engagements are probably going to be a mixture of of ongoing relationships, right? You're going to want to have some percentage of those Congress engagements dedicated to people that you have established relationships with that you may or may not be already working on a consultancy, a trial, an IIT, for example. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have people that you have to have ongoing business meetings with, and then you'll have uh, potentially meetings with people that you, you're not yet working with, but you really want to, or you should be. So maybe it's a clinical trialist or a PI potentially, that would be a really great potential fit for your organization. I think that when it comes to strategic objectives, you're also... And you're taking a look at the marching orders for your particular role and you're thinking about, okay, what is it I'm asked to do this year? If I'm an MSL, am I being tasked in the next quarter or two quarters with engaging experts around a particular area of emerging science or a therapeutic area or a disease area okay. that's important to my organization? Because we know MSLs are very much involved in the all-important work of scientific exchange, right? Yep. So there usually is um, there are objectives that are related to to those scientific exchange topics and in sourcing out potential conversants, uh, you know, potential thought partners around those areas of interest, to your organization, they may or may not be new experts to your uh, your company um, and to your portfolio, or they may be people that that you've been working with all along. But this new area that you're charged with discussing it's just a topic that you haven't addressed with them before, right? So um, you'll have some of your engagements that are dedicated to those ongoing relationships. You'll have some that are dedicated to new areas. Um, and then you may, for example, if you're an MSL and you have been asked to put together meetings, it's a common request, right? MSLs are getting ready to go to a meeting and they get a call from their leader that says, hey, 
you know, Dr. So-and-so chief medical officer is planning on coming to this Congress. Everybody starts to scramble and say, oh my gosh, get as many, get as many meetings as you can. I always want to caution people to take a moment, (laughs) right? Yeah. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. And as scary as it can be, I want to reassure everybody that that senior executives from the medical team, they put their shoes on one foot at a time, just like the rest of us. And they too will be so appreciative of somebody, whether it's each individual MSL or one point person, putting time on calendar with them to line up with them. Hey, you're coming to this Congress. What is it you really like to talk to our experts about? Is it about our ongoing trials? Do you want to talk to them about a particular educational initiative? Is it about a consultancy or a particular um, strategy discussion you want to have? Tell me a little bit about what you'd like to see in these meetings. What are your specific topics of discussion so that I can not just go scattershot and get you as many meetings as possible. I can get you meetings that are going to be really, really beneficial to help us meet our business objectives and have the kind of conversations you want. That conversation is so vitally important. Um, so it's a key part of planning. If there are going to be any senior executives coming to those meetings, you want to find out what their expectations are. Um, and then you can really target your initiatives. You can use your data tools like H1 to go ahead and find the right thought partners for those conversations. Um, and and it's, a really, it's a really powerful tool to use. Uh, but then you end up sort of building towards that best in class, what good looks like okay, for Congress. So- you had three major areas here. We had alignment yeah. to strategic objectives. We had yep. data to help plan. Um, and then we have taking action. We're into taking action a little bit, but okay, let's let's imagine we know our why, we know our purpose. Yeah. We've used tools to help us plan these engagements with, with the right people. So what do we do now that we're taking action at the conference? That sounds great. So you got ahead. You've got you not only you not only got all that that perspective laid out. You know what you're looking for, but you've actually lined up a series of meetings. You've got yourself a fantastic book of meetings, a real program. You've put together a beautiful profile on each of those experts that you're sitting down with, so that everybody from your organization knows what they're about, knows what the nature of their body of work is all about. Um, they understand how those experts are working with your organization. Executives love to not be blindsided. They want to know that stuff. So you are ready, right? You've got 25 meetings ready for an upcoming Congress. And I'm you've so got glad that I do. What's that? I'm so glad that I do. I didn't even know I'd done that. Oh yeah, my God. Conference is right. coming you're up so that I'm really worried about, but I guess <laughs> we're ahead of the game. You are. You're ahead. And, and you're ready to go. So you go into those engagements with a plan to take action, right? Because you have objectives, right? You're going to ask some really specific strategic questions. Mm -hmm. You're going to have conversations around the projects you're thinking about with these experts, right? And you've also got their talking points. You've got their objectives. You're going to address some of the things that they want to talk about. So you're, you're ruthlessly prepared for these Congress engagements. And you go in there with the expectation that there are going to be action items, right? Before you step foot, into the airport, you jump on the plane and you go to the Congress. What I really want people to do is right then and there, stop, maybe right then and there, maybe the night before, but you stop and you uh, you send a calendar invite for post-Congress to every stakeholder that is showing up at your meetings, right? Post-Congress. You put it on the calendar. Yes, put it on a calendar and oh. you get that ready. We're going to have a post-Congress powwow to talk about the action items and next steps for all of our meetings. Maybe it's a week or two out. Give yourself time to aggregate your notes afterwards. Mm-hmm. Put on the calendar before everyone's schedule fills up 
and make it a priority, right? So you're going there with the plan to take action items. And then you, whatever, whatever form works for you, whatever, whatever sort of capture tool works for you. You know, maybe you've got uh, a CRM that you capture notes in, maybe you've got a spreadsheet, whatever it is, but you've got the objectives, you've got the questions that arise in that meeting, and you've got action items, right? And if there's any particular people that right off the bat are, are people who that action item should be delegated uh, to, make a note of it, right? Because you're going to have a lot of information that you take in uh, and that you're responsible for disseminating back out afterwards. You want to take as many detailed notes as you can that'll help you um, remember what it is that came out of this, right? If there's any time-specific or project-specific action items, highlight those, bold-face them, mm -hmm. um, so that there are any expectations that your experts have for your organization to follow up within a certain amount of time or on a specific topic. It does not get lost. Because again, your experts will know. They will they will automatically recognize that this is a company that is buttoned up when a week, two weeks, a couple of days after that conference, they either get a, a note from your organization or a phone call or a visit from their MSL mm -hmm. following up on that action item. They will be so appreciative. And the reason they'll be appreciative is because so few organizations do this really well. So you captured those notes. You've had your fabulous meetings. Um, you, you've walked away with happy KOLs that feel like you value their time, right? Um, and your executors are fired up because they had really fruitful discussions. They know where they're going. And they they have a plan sometimes to follow up with an, an expert they've never had a rapport with. So everyone's happy. Now the all-important conversation happens after the meeting where everyone from your organization gets together. And yeah. you ask hey, we were all in this meeting together. Garth, what did you hear? This is what I heard. What did you hear? Mm -hmm. um, and you end up, this is a really important exercise because a lot of people will, you know, kind of chime in and they'll they'll fill in blanks that, you know, you perhaps missed, right? Or they had they heard it in a slightly different way. So there's another place to kind of take notes uh, there. Somebody's going to be delegated to uh, to go ahead and be the, the scribe for that conversation. But take it down, you know, share this, socialize this list of notes with your organizations that everyone's looking at the same sheet of music. Um, and then you you capture the insights, right? And then you decide right then and there, okay, Dr. Jones wants us to follow up on this particular protocol or, or Dr. Smith needs us to provide a statistician uh, for the IIT. Who's going to take it? You assign it right in that meeting, right? And then you, you just go ahead and whoever's job it is to kind of be that point person is really the person responsible for making sure that those action items get an assignment. And here's why it's important. It takes... It takes those engagements that you've had at a Congress from a transactional moment in time, right? Hi, goodbye, cup of coffee, yep. to a real plan. And it's it's the it's the kind of like finite little tiny roots of eventual relationships that get built um, in these actions. So so taking action and really, really being accountable to what was discussed and 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 honoring the objectives of that meeting is is really the difference from it going from a cup of coffee to it it being a relationship that each party values and that are mutually beneficial to each other. You know, one thing that strikes me in there is the desire to create post-conference touch points. I know I close a lot of meetings and it's probably a bad habit with something like, oh, you know, let me know if you need anything. And then you kind of never hear again, right? So right. it sounds like you are suggesting people at conferences to... Uh, not 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 force a follow-up but to suggest things that they could follow up with hey do you need a statistician for that you know do do you want us to follow up with the with the with the protocol 
um, as a way to create the next interaction after the conference as well. A hundred percent. And honestly, if you're meeting for real reasons, right, if you're having a, yeah. a fruitful discussion that is based in real objectives, those KOLs are going to be expecting some kind of a follow-up. I'll tell you a good story. It was a, oh gosh, maybe five, six years ago. I was planning, I was planning the meetings for an ASCO and we had something like 60, 65 meetings with experts from around the globe, you know, meeting uh, with our team. And, and I was point on this, right? And afterwards, I had to follow up with with a, a KOL who, who was known for being a little bit prickly, if you will, right? This person yeah. could be a little bit touchy, right? Um, and I, I followed up with him on something separate. We had followed up with him after the Congress, but I had to ask him a question a couple months after the fact because um, he was being asked to get involved in a project that I just didn't think was something that he was interested in based on what he had articulated, right? And he said to me, he said, you know what really strikes me? He said, I'm not a mercenary. He said, I don't meet with people and expect to get paid for that time at a Congress, right? He said, but he said, a lot of a lot of companies treat those Congress meetings like they're free ad boards. They're an hour long free ad board and they right. want to pump me for information and direction and strategy tips on their pipeline. And he said, we shake hands. And we walk away and he goes, I don't hear about them or I don't hear from them for another year until they want to fill up their calendar again at ASCO. And he said, it really ticks me off. He said, I have a short list of companies I won't work with anymore because they do that. And he said, every time I work with your company, he said, I walk away from one of those meetings knowing what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. If it's not a project, um, it, it's a it's a study or it's a consultancy or maybe it's not a specific paid type of agreement. But he said, you know, we're going to start collaborating on an advocacy initiative together because every time I meet with your company, I walk away knowing what we're going to talk about next. And he goes, unbelievable. You guys actually call me and you do it. Right. Yeah. So he said, I really noticed that. And he goes, I, I just don't want to work with those companies that just want to kind of like just squeeze me for information. He said, I want to work with companies that want to do good for patients. Uh, and he said, they want to collaborate with me in that pursuit. Full stop. It was pretty powerful. I mean, he was pretty blunt about it. So it's interesting. We spent the first part of this conversation about planning to get things from KOLs, uh, you know, um, that align with your strategic um, priorities. And it sounds like in addition to that, we should be planning for what we can give to KOLs as well. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, it should be a mutually beneficial um, engagement. I mean, they they are so busy, especially at these big congresses. Yeah. You know, they're and so many of these these clinicians are 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 really tethered to the all important notion and good pharmaceutical companies are too of doing good for patients, right? They want to be working on projects that are going to help move the business of, of science forward, right? So in the service of patients that are in need. And, and um, yes, we, we have certainly business objectives that should always be tethered to the patient. Mm -hmm. uh, but those KOLs have business objectives, too, uh, that, that we need to, they need, they need to meet with us uh, to help address those. You know, they have things that they like to work on, and they have things they don't want to work on. And each individual KOL is very different. You'll have some that would be more than happy to fly to Germany on a random Tuesday for, um, for an ad board, right? And you have others that don't want to go to those things unless they're adjacent to another Congress. Really finding out what your experts want to do, what their preferences are, is also a key piece of this, right? Um, 
Um, and so when you are going ahead and you're you're sort of socializing potential thought partners to meet with at a Congress, knowing who your KOL is, I think we talked about that last time we were we were together is kind of know thy KOL um, will help also to align thought partnership to your organization because you know that that this particular area or this particular project is something this KOL is not only going to be really well versed in, not only going to be a fantastic expert to add to the texture and the context of a conversation, but it's also the kind of work they want to do, right? That's where that mutual beneficial relationship uh, comes into play and starts to really um, bring itself out in sharper relief. And it takes data to know that. <laughs> so data to know that exactly data to know that let's leave it there for today. Chris, it is always a pleasure to chat with you uh, to learn more about how your organization can partner with H1 visit h1.co maps members. Don't forget to subscribe. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the medical affairs professional society podcast series elevate.